friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Thursday, April the 21st. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's life. I wish you God's joy as we continue through this eight day, this octave, this celebration. We have reached the halfway point. We are on day five, my friends, and may the joy of that empty tomb of what awaits us, that web that is woven over all nations being shattered and taken away. May that joy fill you today. So my friends, we will pick up today exactly where we left off yesterday. So if you were uh, listening to yesterday's pod, you know we did, it was a long one. We did the uh, reading from Emmaus. The, The two disciples were leaving town. Luke's wonderful story, rendition, and they knew him in the breaking of the bread. In fact, you will hear that verse uh, that we ended with yesterday will be the first verse today. And then we will move really all the way up until almost the very end of Luke's gospel. I'll talk a little bit about what we're going to miss. But essentially, we're closing out Luke's gospel today. So today will be Luke 24, verse 35 to 48. So I will be reading from the New American Translation 35 to 48. Let's break open God's Word. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The disciples of Jesus recounted what had taken place along the way and how they had come to recognize him in the breaking of the bread. While they were still speaking about this, he stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. But they were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. Then he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do questions arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, because a ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you can see I have. And as he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While they were still incredulous for joy and were amazed, he asked them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of baked fish and and took it and ate it in front of them. He said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem." You are witnesses of these things. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So let's set the scene here. I I told you that we're going to walk us all the way up virtually till the end of uh, Luke's gospel. So Luke's gospel clearly only has 24 chapters, even though his gospel, I think, is the longest Not in terms of chapters, Matthew has 28, but I think in terms of words and length, I think uh, Luke's Luke's chapters are are a little more 
uh, deep and, and more wordy. Um, so again, first uh, line, right? The disciples of Jesus recounted what had taken place along the way and how they had come to recognize him in the breaking of the bread. When that happened, right? When they recognized yesterday, and that was Clopas, and I'm going to say it was Mary, the wife of Clopas, that couple. They had invited Jesus into their home, remember? And, uh, and he took the bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it. And that was when they recognized him in the breaking of the bread, and he vanished from their midst. And they said, were not our hearts burning within us on the way? Why didn't we know? We knew in our hearts. Our heart knew, even if our head didn't know. And finally, our eyesight is catching up with our hearts. And, uh, and so they took off, right? Seven miles. Uh, and it's nighttime. <laughs> and, and they went. And, uh, and that's, they went back to the, the people. And, and, of course, they said, hey, Simon's been raised. Uh, you know, Jesus has been raised. He appeared to Simon. And then they recounted their story. So that's where it fits there. Now, at the end, where does it fit toward the end of the gospel? When Jesus says, you are witnesses to these things. If we were to keep reading, and I would say there's maybe three, maybe four verses that are left in Luke's gospel, and essentially it's this. He leads them out of the room, the, uh, the upper room here that they're in. They're behind closed doors. He leads them outside, takes them up into the hill of Bethesda. Uh, Bethsaida? I'm, I'm not sure. You know, forgive me, I don't have it in front of me. Leads them up in a hill in Jerusalem, either way, whatever the name of it is. And... Um, basically blesses them and, and ascends right there. And so in Luke's gospel, Jesus ascends to the Father on uh, Easter Sunday night. Now, we'll talk about that if and when we get to, well, not if and when, when we get to Pentecost, because we're going to use Luke's words out of Acts where he, he ascends 40 days later. And why would he do that? And so we can talk about that. Hey, that'll be reason for you to come back, you know, five weeks from now or so, six weeks from now, when we're getting closer to there, and we'll talk about all that. Which one is true? Yes, both. <laughs> both. So, okay, what, uh, what's going on here? What do we want to ponder and just chew on today? A couple of things. None of this is new to you. You know it. You know, I'm just going to put things in front of us that are good for us to remember. And here's the first one. While they were still speaking about this, meaning this, this puzzle that Jesus appeared to them in the breaking of the bread, while they were still speaking about this, Jesus stood in their midst. Again, this is behind locked doors, right? Jesus stood in their midst. It's not like he knocked on the door, rang the doorbell, whatever, and hey, hey guys, here I am. Jesus suddenly appeared and stood in their midst and said to them, peace be with you. Let me ask you, my friends, if your best friends, who you had shared a life with from your last, let's say, year, three years, whatever that was, you did the best you could to communicate what was going to come, and when it came, they still didn't get it, and they did all the wrong things, they ran, and they lied, and they handed you over. They did all the wrong things. How would that first encounter of yours go when you saw them? Now, again, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not pointing in judgment. I, I don't want to do that. But I, what I do want to do is say, 
That's not what God does. And the reason I think it's important to know what we would do is, at least from my perspective, I would say this, because that's how I judge myself. That's how I judge myself. What would I do to others is what I would do to me. And if I acted in one of those ways toward my best friend, I would carry that guilt. I would carry that shame with me and think I deserved some type of chastisement when that encounter happened. But brothers and sisters, that's not who our God is. That's not who our God is. I want to tell you this. I work with people who are preparing to die. And some of them, literally, my friends, are at death's door. And, and I can sit with them, and I do. And I stroke their hair, and I remind them of God's great love for them. Because I know that's true. I remind them that God's grace is bigger than anything we bring. And I know that's true. I remind them that God looks at them like a beloved daughter or a beloved son. And I know that's true. And, and I remind them they are beautiful and they are loved and God waits for them uh, with an embrace because that's who God is. And where do I get that from, brothers and sisters? I get that from places like this. Don't just look at this as a one-time shot. Jesus came in and he was good to them. But the next time he might not have been. This is who God is. Remember, this. Jesus is the face of the invisible God. That's what, that's what I always say. It's, it's, of course, attributed to Paul. It's not my words. If Jesus indeed is that face of the invisible God, this is, what, this is the God that waits for us. Not, not that one that judges ourselves. Again, I am so grateful, and, and, I, and these are Richard Rohr's words, not mine, although I wish I'd have said them. I am so grateful that God is the judge and not you or not me for me. Because if it were me for me, I would judge myself harshly. If it were you for me, I suspect you would judge me more harshly than God does. Maybe not as harshly as I do myself. I don't think you would judge me that, that harshly. I just think that's human nature. And what our God does here, brothers and sisters, is says, no, no. And, and, and I bring this up, brothers and sisters, to remind you what you already know, but let it sink from your head to your heart. Maybe today is the day it gets through. We don't need to be afraid. We don't need to be afraid. I sat at a bedside today, and if I said that once, I said it ten times. You do not need to be afraid. Our God waits for us. Our God loves us. Our God gives us peace. He wishes that to us. Point number one. Point number two. Um, okay, so he says, why are you troubled? Uh, see, you know, touch me because a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you can see that I have. And he shows them his hands and his feet. And while they were still incredulous for joy and amazed, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of baked fish. He ate it in front of them. Why is it important that he's eating fish? Well, it's not. You know, fish is fish. He'd, he could have said, you know, hey, that's right. Jesus' favorite meal is mac and cheese. Let's get some on. That's right. He loved mac and cheese. That's got to be Jesus. He's eating fish. That's got to be Jesus. He loved a good piece of baked fish. Had nothing to do with that, of course. 
in, in the early Gospels, brothers and sisters, the issue is not whether Jesus was, was human. The issue was whether he was fully God, too. They knew he was human. By the time John's Gospel gets around, which would probably be 10 to 20 years after Luke's was written, John is writing from the, the complete opposite perspective, that Jesus was God, Right? And you can almost read Jesus, John's gospel and, and forget that he's human in there. And of course, it's why we need all four to get a good idea of it. I think today, it's, it's easy for us to forget Jesus is human. And that's what he's doing here to prove to them, I am who I am. Look, look at my scars, right? Let, let them prove who I am to you. Touch me. Let that prove who I am to you. Let me eat something just like you do. Let that prove who I am to you. Brothers and sisters, our God was fully God. Our Savior was fully God, fully God, but fully just like you and I too. And sometimes I think, you know, we have that beautiful Philippians you know, even though he came in the form of God, he did not equi- e- e- deem equality with God something to be grasped at, but rather took the form of a slave, right? But I think you and I, we, we do try to grasp at being God. And the more I don't show my imperfections, the more people will think I'm okay because I'm grasping here, you know? Or the more they don't realize, you know, that I've got a temper and see that unsightly underbelly of mine, um, they'll, they'll think I'm okay. Jesus is the opposite. He's showing his scars. He's showing his vulnerability. He's showing his humanity. Remember all these times in the last few days, particularly yesterday's gospel, we said all these different ways uh, that, that Jesus is recognized through saying rabbi, you know, or, or excuse me, saying Mary. And, and she says, oh, Rabboni, it's you, through, through that voice, um, through that, that idea of love. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Yes, you know I love you. Through feeding us, you know, bringing us back to that charcoal grill, and we know who that is. Through the breaking of the bread, right? Through the, our hearts burning within us. Here's one more way Jesus shows us who he is, by his full humanity by allowing us to touch him, by seeing his scars, by eating with him. Brothers and sisters, those are things we can do. I, I can't walk on water, show anybody who I am. I, I can't, you know, um, speak somebody's name and all of a sudden they're going to they're gonna hear the voice of God behind what I'm saying. But I can show somebody my vulnerability when I'm courageous enough. And I, can, and I can eat with them. And I can let them touch me when I'm courageous enough. And isn't that what God looks like in our lives? People being vulnerable and showing us their scars. And, and vulnerable enough to let us touch them and be present to them. I don't think we need to be theologians, my friends, to carry the gospel. I think we need to be fully human. I think we need to be fully human because I think people see the gospel. They see the risen Christ in that. 
Last point. Brothers and sisters, Jesus, you know, uh, says he, he, okay, so it's just like he was on the road to Emmaus, right? He's, uh, he's explaining the, the gospel, all the, the passages that the prophets, Moses, etc., you know, did pointing at him. So he's doing that now for all the disciples, not just the two walk into Emmaus. And then at the end here, he says, okay, this is why it's all done. So we're going to preach, uh, you know, God's name uh, in Christ to all the nations beginning here in Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. He doesn't say you are witnesses just because you're here in this room and you're listening to it. He says, listen, you know the truth now. You know the truth. Your hearts have been set on fire. You've experienced me. Now you need to go out and show other people. You need to go out and tell other people. You need to go out and be as best you can with the gift of the Spirit, because if we were to keep reading on, he says, stay in Jerusalem until the promised one comes. Then you go out. Then you go out. We never do this on our own. But brothers and sisters, with the help of the Spirit, we are called to be witnesses, not just teachers, as Paul VI said. The world listens to witnesses who witness it with our life, with our hope, maybe with our vulnerability and our scars and our humanity, because maybe that helps people understand they don't have to be perfect. They can be loved right now as they are. Brothers and sisters, I have people, as I mentioned, I'll just bring it full circle, who are afraid of making that last step because they see God as judge. Why? Because we judge ourselves. But our God comes to us in the midst of our doubt, in the midst of our sin, in the midst of our imperfection, in the midst of getting it wrong. And he says, peace be with you. There's no other place he'd rather be. Let's pray. So we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The fourth glorious mystery, Mary is assumed, body and soul, into heaven. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. 
Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, bless you. May your day be filled with every good joy. Happy Easter and God's peace.